What must I pay FIFA to stage the World Cup on my lawn? Why don't the England team stay home and just watch porn? Welcome aboard to all the new listeners who've been lured to this podcast by the endorsement of Roman Mars at the end of a recent episode of 99% Invisible. Lots of you have been getting in touch saying... I'm new uh, to your show. I'm new to your show. I've just discovered because I heard it on 99% Invisible. Uh, So thanks for that, Roman Mars. And sorry if you're expecting something as classy as 99% Invisible. (laughs) Not even close. Things get a little bit more downtown here. (laughs) (laughs) We're the strip mall that's been erected next to 99% Invisible's Westfield Centre. Here's a question from Sean from Bristol who says I recently began a new job at a discount retailer that rhymes with Soundland What could that be? It must be Houndland, the pet suppliers Groundland (laughs) The garden shop Yeah Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And as part of my job I have to ask customers whether they would be willing to buy a pack of chocolate bars or whatever we have at the front of the till Thing is, every time I ask them whether they would want anything they say no thank you and move on because yeah, mm. they don't want it, do they? This is the WH Smith problem. No one you wants know. molten milker bars. Exactly. Sean continues. The problem is, uh, we at uh, the retailer that rhymes with Soundland have to sell a certain amount of these products, and failure to do so is a failure on our part. Why blame you, not the product? Why doesn't the product put a bit more effort into being tempting? So, Helen, answer me this. How can I get customers to buy these shitty little chocolates? I think a good option, Sean, is to make it seem like an incredible bargain. Don't just say, oh, it's a pound. You have to emphasise the fact that it's only a pound, whereas normally it'd be three pounds. Might not be something they came in for, but they'd be a fool to miss this incredible knockdown price. Maybe say that the offer is only available for a very short time. Well, the other thing that I was thinking that works on me, I was thinking about this when I'm in market stalls, mm-hmm. is offer a free taster. Spend one pound of your own money, chop it into bits, put it on a little silver tray. Yeah. They're going to taste, they think, mmm, delicious, delicious chocolate. And you say, yeah, and, and then you use what you would say, yeah, and it's only a pound right yeah. now. Or ask your co-workers what their technique is. How does one make someone buy something that they haven't come in to buy and they don't want? Well, tipping it, I think, is a bit like this. Um, yeah, you, you don't have to tip a bartender for example in this country definitely not but some bartenders get tips now how do they do it those are the people you need to listen to they're very sexy um well yeah i've got a friend who's got friends who are bartenders Mm -hmm. and he told me that what they do very often and i'm not sure how this would work frankly in Poundland, but what they do uh, is when they say that'll be 10.99 please Mm. they deliberately say it slightly under their breath apparently there's loud music obviously Mm. around so then the customer has to lean in and say what was that and they have to lean into their ear and go it was 10.99 and apparently, mm-hmm. just that slight frisson of contact, physical contact, coupled with eye contact and perhaps passing physical contact, like lightly brushing their hand as you reach in with a uh. bill, apparently increases the chance of getting a tip. In a bar, maybe. I don't think in Poundland <laughs> wants the uh, cashier to be leaning in and touching them. <laughs> just, just a Well, a Sean hunch. might be a very... In fact, Sean, if he's a listen to us, obviously is a very good-looking young man, Helen. Well, I think maybe if he is, he could just give him the puppy eyes. Like, please, I need to sell these or my manager will toast me. Hey, Helen and Ollie, and also Martin the Soundman. Um, this is Lana from New York. Um, so I was just listening back through, like, some back episodes and that, and um, I happened to be walking on the street during this time, and Ollie said the word squirrel, but he said it like squirrel and I literally just fucking dropped my phone because I was laughing so goddamn hard um so Helen and Ollie answer me this is there anything that uh you know Americans pronounce particularly ridiculously 
that makes you laugh. No offense intended. I love y'all, but you say squirrel real weird. There's plenty on the list of things that Americans say in a funny way. Uh, aluminum is right up there. They've, they get rid of syllables a lot, as in squirrel. Airplane. Mirror. Caramel is now Carmel. Yeah. That, that annoys me. Route. Why do they say route? Why did they say niche? Niche sounds That's really funny. That's really annoying as well, yeah. <laughs> niche sounds filthy. Hello, Helen and Ollie. It's James, age 34 and a half from Brighton. Um, about 10 years ago, there was a song by Craig David called What's Your Flavour? And in this song, I remember him saying something to the tune of You Taste Like a Tossie Crisp. Um, and at the time... I thought, um, it, can this possibly be product placement in a song? Because if so, it sounds fucking stupid. Um, and now I've completely forgot about it until recently. And there's now a song in the charts by a band called Five Seconds of Summer in which they say, you look lovely in your American apparel underwear. And that must be a blatant example of product placement in a song. Therefore, Helen and Ollie answer me this. Is there product placement in songs? How pervasive is it? And what's the most blatant example that you know of? So is it not possible that Craig David just likes Toffee Crisps? Likes Toffee Crisps. I think, I think that is the case. Yeah. As it is at the moment, um, uh, American Apparel have made no statement. About uh, whether they're in the Twinks's About the five song. seconds of summer song. So I, I suspect that they are actually genuinely just referring to American Apparel underwear because they are perceived to be a sexy brand in their yeah. target market, which is tween girls. But they probably will get some free pants from American Apparel, well, those Twinks, won't they? And this is it. And so this is the thing. I think there's three categories of name-checking promotional brands in your songs. Optimism um, for Freebs. <laughs> Well, so there's mentioning it in your lyrics because you like the product, as you're suggesting Craig David did, with no intention of getting a freebie. I bet Craig David could afford Toffee Crisps himself at that stage. Even Craig David could afford Toffee Crisps. And maybe the woman just genuinely tasted so much like a Toffee Crisp that yeah. the, the analogy had to be made. That would be remarkable, wouldn't it? If you met anyone so. who tasted exactly like a Toffee Crisp, you'd, you, mm. you wouldn't think, oh, who could I name check instead that might give me money? Yeah, Green Drifter, and Blacks, they've no. got a lot of money at the moment. No, you'd think Toffee Crisp, that's what she that accurately statistically... That has to be immortalised, something that unusual. Exactly. Or there's the option which I think most of these fall into, Mm -hmm. uh, which is people when they write the song don't think I'm going to make a lot of money out of this. But then they realise when the song becomes a hit that this is quite a good idea because they might be able to capitalise upon it and get a free Nando's card or whatever it is. Yeah, like in uh, the ABBA song, Fernando. (laughs) Uh, So, for example, uh, the songs that I think are the most famous ones that were done genuinely because it fitted the lyrics and there was no commercial intent mm-hmm. are probably Little Deuce Coop by the Beach Boys Little Red Corvette by Prince right mm. okay yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think probably the most recent example Shake It Shake It Like a Polaroid Picture that's not that's a 10 year old song there must be more recent examples it's than the that. most recent high profile example that I can All think right. of of someone where someone did it genuinely because lyrically it was what they wanted to do and by then they were pretty much going under anyway they were basically bankrupt and in any case uh, brand wise you shouldn't shake a polaroid no it you shouldn't help it. blurry yeah <laughs> so they advise against it they wouldn't put Just... money by that then there's the middle category which is the people who do it and then there's a happy byproduct and it seems five seconds of summer fall into this category where they, they know they know 
they're name checking a cool brand in a cool pop song for kids they're probably going to get some free american apparel pants out of it they mm. haven't said you look so sexy standing there in your cna underwear because there's not really a company to give them the money if they want to cash well, in what, on that well that's because cna has sort of disappeared except exactly. from central europe right. but if they said in your little woods catalog underwear yeah then they could i guess but then you're not ticking both boxes are you? you're not cool with the teens you're just ba- fragrantly looking for promotion <sighs> it's the wrong demographic isn't it little yeah. woods exactly MS. <laughs> Uh, I think the most uh, the most high street they'd go is Topshop, you know, which is conceivable, isn't it? They it doesn't scan. It doesn't. Your top American Apparel underwear. doesn't really scan that well in that. They song. have forced in the syllables. Yeah, they have. in a way, I admire that. Um, anyway, <laughs> so that's the middle category of things where they sort of accidentally stumbled into something that they can commercialise. And I think the uh, most notable example of that recently is Past the Cavazier by Buster Rhymes. Originally, Past the Cavazier, he wrote because he likes Cavazier. There was no intention to try and monetize that. But? But it was a massive hit. Sales of Cavazier went up by like 20%. Did they? As wow. a result. I suppose a different demographic getting into brandy. It, essentially unknown brand amongst that demographic, exactly. Unknown brandy. The, the only person brandy I know brand. who drinks Cavazier is Martin's grandmother. <laughs> uh, and then Buster Rhymes took money from their parent company to do Pass the Cavazier 2. Oh. Um, and then there's the third category, which is, as James suggests in his question, uh, it's all worked out in advance. Mm-hmm. The money is there from the corporate right from the beginning. You're only putting the lyric in the song because you're getting money. And the biggest terrorist of this, as with all music, is Pitbull. So when he did Timber, he was actually getting money from a Timber company. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. Sponsored by Travis Perkins. Um, so he's done uh, Sexy People, the Fiat song. Um, the Fiat song. Yes. It doesn't actually, in fairness, that doesn't have Fiat in the lyrics, but it is called The Fiat Song. Uh, and that's all about the video having dancing Fiat cars in it. Uh, then he's done Give Me Everything, which is the one that's tonight. Give me everything. Yeah, I'm, no, I'm acquainted yeah. with it. And in that one, he says, oh, it's really noticeable. He says, um, picture that with a Kodak. Or better yet, go to Times Square and take that with a Kodak. So like, well, who Seriously? even uses Kodak anymore? Well, no Ka- one. Kodak twice. Yeah, yeah, in the first three lines of the song. I don't know they even make cameras anymore. Well, I, they did shortly go to the wall after after that Pitbull song coming out. Savage <laughs> <laughs> by Pitbull. He also has a song called Vida 23, uh, which is included on his Spanish language album Armando. Uh, and the first line of that song is "Let's enjoy the flavour of life," which is Dr mm-hmm. Pepper's slogan. Maybe in, he really likes Dr Pepper and maybe, his slogans. Maybe is it in Spanish? That yeah, song. So he's is. translated the slogan into Spanish. Yeah, but he said the slogan as it is in Spain. Uh, anyone yeah. listening knows it's a thing for Dr. Pepper. It's not like Pitbull is in this for the art. I think that's fair to say. Otherwise, he wouldn't do so many songs with Jennifer Lopez involved. Yeah, I think that's right. And I, in a way, I applaud the fact that he's uh, so open about that. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's not pretending there's any musical benefit to what he does, is there? I'm reluctant to admit this. But hatred has sort of turned to love for Pitbull. No. Not because I like the music, but I do kind of like the fact where he's just like... If someone's giving me money to do this shit, why yeah. would I turn it down? Okay. Look at me, I'm playing with a shark and a foxy lady in my video at the same time. Yeah, there is an element of that, yeah. I'm just some idiot with yeah. a white suit. I'm an essentially unattractive man with little talent, but look at me, I'm a yeah. millionaire. That is kind of fun, isn't it? I'm almost amazed. Yeah, it's, it's like Lloyd Grossman Pasta Sauces, but for rap. I've got a question. Email your question. To answer me this podcast at googlemail.com to answer me this podcast at googlemail.com To answer me this podcast at googlemail.com To answer me this podcast at googlemail.com
Time for a question from Becky from Southampton, who says, I heard the lovely new Pope, France the lovely, look at his lovely hair. Oh, he's so dishy, isn't he? Cool, check out his pins. Uh, the lovely new Pope, Pope Francis, decided not to take a holiday last year. I had no idea popes had holidays in the first place. They're so busy doing Pope stuff. I suppose they go on a lot of foreign visits, which to outsiders may seem like holidays. I think that is the underlying issue of this question, Helen. Helen, answer me this. Where do popes normally go on holiday? Southampton. Uh, Yeah, how have you missed him every time, Becky? He loves it there. (laughs) He's always down the pub. He's playing on the Penny Arcade, isn't he? Uh, (laughs) What does a pope do on holiday? I imagine gets wazzed, he's, he, gambles. The, the truth is, he's got to, he's, he's still the Pope. It's got to be some time for prayer and reflection there, hasn't there? Really, you know the In Betweeners movie. <laughs> That's like four popes. That, yeah. <laughs> uh, do popes usually go on trips abroad with their Vatican friends? Lads. See, again, I think hard to define the distinction there between friends and colleagues, particularly when you work for the Pope. Mm. Um, and uh, do they hope for a tan? Well, the papal garments, even the holiday version, I'd imagine they're quite capacious. I always imagined that although the Pope does a lot of international travel, mm. that can reasonably be counted as a work day. You know, that's like the Queen's official yeah. engagements yeah. versus the time she spends in Balmoral where she's locked up having a laugh. Yeah, and locked I, up. Well, effectively. <laughs> Isn't she out with the animals? Confined to the grounds and having a laugh. Now, yeah. I imagine that the Pope in a similar way must have days in his schedule both in the Vatican and when he's internationally travelling yeah. which are chillax pope days to go on the water slides to, to, yeah and whatever he does I re- whatever he does yeah. whatever he does <laughs> I think it must be undocumented mm-hmm. and therefore quite hard to actually find out what he does but it's not a professional engagement but if you look yeah. through his diary you'd say these days he was on holiday but they, they sort of arrange it so he has a few days off yeah. that's my guess well yeah because also popes tend to be quite old and you don't want to work them too hard yeah, exactly yeah like the queen I guess. Yeah, but you do also think how much papacy is there to do on the average day? I think it's probably fair to guess that, uh, you know, if Denise Robertson's mailbag on this morning is full of 5,000 <laughs> letters a week, I reckon the Pope probably has quite a few letters to look through. So and even on days yeah. where he doesn't appear to have an engagement, probably quite a lot of people would quite like one of his prayers. Yeah, he does yeah. He does quite a lot on Twitter as well, doesn't he? he does he? I think, well, yeah. a bit. I don't I know, know he's whether well it's him. into One Direction. Those hashtags, <laughs> they're all being generated by him. Pray for Niall! <laughs> He does all of the hashtags that start with pray for someone, pray for Bieber. Yeah. Because he's, he's big into prayer. Well, the Pope's official holiday home, Becky, is only 15 miles from Rome. Yeah. So you think. Not a surprise, really. Not a big holiday. But on the other hand, 15 miles in the olden days, because this has been in use by popes since uh, Pope Urban VIII, who uh, was Pope 1623 to 1644. So 15 miles back in those days, that would have been a pretty hefty journey. It's in a place called uh, Castel Gandolfo, just a little village with a papal palace and massive garden in it and nice views. But it's like the Vatican, extraterritorial, which means that. Ah. They can get away with whatever they want on there. So in that way, I suppose a bit like Checkers or Camp David, it's another thing that's owned by the institution that isn't like them just going to a normal place. Yeah, but I think normal laws would still apply in Checkers, whereas they're all under kind of Vatican law. Do you know, I'd weirdly rather have an invitation to Checkers than to Number 10. Yes. Because there's something special. Yeah. Something special about being invited into a Prime Minister's holiday home. Whereas Number 10, it's just like, it's a bit like Buckingham Palace or the Houses of Parliament. It's just another official building. There are a lot of boardroom type rooms in those yeah. places, aren't there? Yeah, whereas Chequers is actually a home and it's a home where like Churchill planned the war. That's you, quite cool, yeah. isn't it? You want to see the real life. Yeah. Would you want a holiday home? Because to I me. You said, would you want to go on holiday with the Pope? Yes. Obviously, um, just once. Would you? To centre parks, maybe. Oh. <laughs> for like four days. I actually, I mean, don't get me wrong. 
if the Pope was getting like a guided tour around LBC, I'd like to be yeah. there. So I saw him, but I wouldn't like particularly to meet the Pope. That's not one of my ambitions. No, but I, you know, nor I, the Dalai Lama. I, actually, I just, I just, you offered me it. They're paying, right? Right. Yeah. Yes. So I said yes. Yeah. It, it's it's not that I have an ambition to go on holiday with the Pope more than other people. I know what you mean. Yeah. Because so sometimes if, if, holidays with friends can be difficult. I, yeah. I have a real problem though with famous people I don't know very much about, and I feel massively awkward because I, I, I mean. I swear, what like, up before you go I on holiday swat, with the Pope? I could swat up, but there's yeah. just so much stuff. Like, I don't know anything about Catholicism or this Chat about Argentina. Life. bet that'd be quite I don't know anything about Argentina either. Oh, they've so. got lovely beef there. He'd just tell you all about, about beef. It, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you could use right. it as a learning experience. He doesn't know anything state. about producing sound for podcasts, I bet. Yeah, he doesn't know what it was like to grow up in Telford. It's <laughs> probably not that interesting either of those things. You, you could tell him all about your career at Tiggy Stainless Fastness. It would be quite good to meet the Pope and the first question to be, what's the best steak you've had? Yeah. He'd be like, well, it was at the uh, Garfunkel's on Leicester Square. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, just like at home. (laughs) (laughs) I knew that God existed that day. Where does Barack Obama go on holiday? Well, they all have Camp David, but then they get to have their own holiday homes on top. Barack Obama uh, does August in Martha's Vineyard. Of course. uh, At a farm that has a compound of 30 acres with a guest house, boat house, house barn and pasture land, golf green and pool. Do you think he does a lot with the pastures himself? He doesn't strike me as a pasture kind of guy. No. I could imagine him walking around and reflecting, though. I can't even really imagine him playing golf. Oh, I can totally imagine him playing golf. I think, in a way, you can decide whether or not someone's going to make it to be president of the USA by whether you can imagine them playing golf. See, I think it bodes well for Hillary, because I can imagine her playing golf. Definitely. Yeah. But it's not so much sort of where presidents go as how long they spend there that's interesting. If you look at how many days they choose to spend out of office, mm-hmm. uh, take Reagan as a recent example. Okay. Uh, 436 days away from the White House during his two terms as president. Away from the White House? Away from the White House. Uh, but that includes on business? No. No? No. So it doesn't include conferences and international visits. Eight years. So eight years, 400 days. That's 50 days. Yeah, that's a lot. For America as well, they get two weeks holiday. Right, well, Reagan took the least. What? So then Clinton took 689 vacation days in I eight years. I bet he bloody did. That's two years of vacation nearly in eight years of I know, job. I know. George W. Bush, though, mm. uh, 490 days in Crawford, which is one of his family ranches, 487 days at Camp David, 43 days at his father's house. Cheeky. Although considering then, the damage he did on the other days, <laughs> probably for the best. But then isn't it weird that they don't... As president of the USA, you can take off as many days as you want because you're not needed in Parliament every day yeah. like our Prime Minister. But I'd imagine it is a terribly stressful job and you do need yeah, some sure, time to Yeah, sure, but so is Prime Minister. I mean, to put this in context, like people make a fuss about the Camerons going away. Cameron's went away four times last year and mm. there's been a lot of stories, you know, so out of touch with the common man, fourth holiday in a year. So he's the fucking Prime Minister. Give him a break. Like he's yeah. in, in total taken less than a month away. Um, and it was two European holidays which were quite inexpensive like both times I think the room per night was under 200 euros he goes to places like Tuscany doesn't he yeah so he went cheap flight and and they keep it yeah but that's embarrassing they keep flight when they went to Lanzarote this year they flew Ryanair and it's like, come on, yeah, but he's the might, prime minister. It's sometimes Ryanair is the only direct option. Oh, you know he's doing it for the press and it's kind of embarrassing. They've got three kids though. Maybe they don't want the kids to grow up in an abnormal environment. And but I, then they're going on holiday with a security detail. It's like when everyone had to go about Bob Crow going away mm. when the tube strike was happening. And there were shots of him, like, you know, in the ocean, in sunning himself. Yeah, but he probably booked his holiday before the tube strikes were decided. Well, he's dead now. Are you happy that he didn't, that he, you know, that he had his holiday? Let him have no, his holiday. He might, if he was going to die anyway, he might as well have stayed. Let him have his holiday. I always think that. I think it's really unfair. They'll work better when they get back. I think, well, but isn't that true? And it, actually, I think the electorate respond to that. I think the electorate know. Everyone aspires 
to take a month's worth of holiday a year. Most people don't, but they would like to. I like I'd like it. to think if I was Prime Minister, I'd take four weeks off a year. I like it when they compare the party leaders on their holidays and they're like, look at Cameron's sunburn and big baggy trunks. <laughs> look how much better Ed Miliband is dressed on holiday with his sandals. That's a really bad precedent, doesn't it? Like if we're saying that we want people to work reasonable hours and have breaks and stuff like exactly. that. Exactly. If we then look to our leaders and go, well, you're not there to. Yeah. And you get some great stories, like Cameron being stung by a jellyfish this year. <laughs> Did he? Yeah. Like it happened in North Wales. It could. You probably wouldn't go swimming in North Wales, would you? Lanzarote, more likely. If, if he's trying to prove what a man of the people he is, particularly to the Welsh, they'd be like, go on in then. We'll all go in after you, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> well, since we're talking about uh, holidays, this seems an apt moment to remind you listeners that uh, you can buy an album, which is one hour of us talking all about holidays and international destinations. Uh, it's called Answer Me This Holiday. Yep. And uh, you can all, buy it. All new material in the Answer Me This style that you apparently enjoy because you're listening to this podcast. And you can... Do, do we, can we say all new it was all new in 2013 it's all new for the album yeah. is what i mean that's right it's not highlights of shows you've already heard the only place you can get that yeah if you haven't bought it you won't have heard it before correct thank you yes that's well, the best unless, description unless you pirated it <laughs> but, but then, then you should feel guilty because it's only it's only, it, yeah. it's only two pounds 49 which is very little outlay that's but really you'd be true. bankrolling the show if it's you buy the ryanair it. of uh, podcast albums no, we don't charge you extras for listening to it in your own home on a comfortable seat. And you can buy that at answermethisstore.com. And if you're there, you might want to buy some of our antiquated episodes as well. Episode 1 to 170. And as a little sample, here's a snippet of episode 122. Hello, it's Tim from Watford. Uh, heading on the Answer Me This. Why are STDs known as the clap? I read a hilarious but I'm sure wrong explanation of this, which was uh, that in the Civil War, when uh, venereal disease was quite common amongst the soldiers, the treatment for it was to put your penis on the <gasps> table, slam the butt of a rifle on it, and your gonorrhea blisters would make a popping sound. Oh, that is, you're right. That is hilarious, Helen. Heartwarming. What a hoot. Well, I don't have a penis, so I can laugh. No, but... you fucking don't. Otherwise, you would not have even given no, me that image. Nice I can't, I'm barely able to talk now. <laughs> well, that's a pleasant surprise. I'm yeah, going to mention that more often. everyone a favour. Listeners, do please get in touch by uh, calling in on this number. 020812358777 Or you can Skype answer me this with your questions. Here's someone who has called in with a shitload of questions. Hello, uh, it's Laurie from Mid Wales. Helen Nolly, answer me these. What's the world record for throwing a cowboy hat? I looked on the Guinness World Records website. That seems a very sensible place to go. Well, I thought so. First pearl of call for Guinness World Records facts. Yeah. Well done, Helen. Thank you. You win the prize. Don't patronise me, Ollie. I've been at this just as long as you have. I'm congratulating you in the appropriate way, Helen. Have a biscuit. Shut (laughs) up. (laughs) The only Guinness record regarding cowboy hats at all was the most people wearing cowboy hats, which was uh, organised by Angels Baseball at Angel Stadium in Anaheim, California. Don't give them publicity now, Helen. They don't deserve it. It's not even the thing that Laurie asked about. Well, guess how many hats, anyway. (laughs) Such Uh, a shit record, isn't it? How many hats? What was it, the most worn? Yeah, the most people wearing cowboy hats. I think they had to wear them for 10 minutes at the same time. The thing is, it's probably not even a record because... Because I've been in Dallas Airport and they're all wearing them all the time. If you went to any rodeo, there'd be loads of people wearing cowboy hats. Any country concert. Okay. Yeah, but, but this is 39,013 people. Okay, that's that just the stadium's people, worth of people. That's yeah, a that is quite concert. a lot of people, though. Yeah, but but the, you, you go to, like, what's a big country stock? I've been to country to country at the O2, and albeit this is in Britain, I'd say there were probably only a 1,000 cowboy yeah. hats in the O2. But that's O2. the UK, then. Yeah, but the, well, the previous records 
uh, was only 500 cowboy hats. So they've smashed this one because even if you've got these places where people are incidentally wearing cowboy hats, mm. there's not a Guinness adjudicator there, is right, there? Yes, yeah, no, that's uh, and the Angels have a track record of these shit records because they previously set ones for the largest gathering of people wearing blankets Aww. in 2010. Again, refugee camps all around the world yeah. would yeah. beat that. And in 2011, largest gathering of people wearing masks. Bit eyes wide shot, isn't it? <laughs> it's quite good. The, the, what we're learning here, Laurie, is that you can get easy publicity in the future if you get in there and make this record your own. Set this up, get in touch with Guinness. Say, I want to do the world record for throwing a cowboy hat. Yeah. You only need, since you'll be the first to set it, I mean, a reasonable number, say 100. Well, it doesn't necessarily have to be number of cowboy hats so much as distance. I'm assuming from the wording of his question. I see, yeah. Because oh, well, I've, that's never, harder. I've never heard of the sport of throwing a cowboy hat. No. In the Cowboy Olympiad, maybe. Well, actually, I'm going to a rodeo in September in Oregon. Oh, well, let us know. Which is effectively the Cowboy Olympiad. (laughs) Uh, And I've looked in advance as to what categories of entertainments I'll be watching. Will you be competing in any of the sportive events? Well, of course, the wild cow milking I'll be competing in. (laughs) I'm a dead set for that. I've done a lot of practice in my life. Um, And steer roping is there as well. That's difficult, though, steer Uh, roping, isn't it? Very, yeah. Controversial as well for animal welfare reasons, Mm. I believe. Uh, But uh, no record there of there being a throwing a cowboy hat competition. Uh, and this well. despite the fact that there is a moment where they put a midget in a barrel. So, I mean, you know, oh. if they do all that at the rodeo still, I, it looks like you've invented this sport, Laurie. So get in there and claim it. Unless they've tried it and it's just not that possible to throw a cowboy hat that far because they're not aerodynamic. Mm. I mean, what's the sporting achievement you're trying to obtain? Mm. What do they do with the barrel with the midget in it? Uh, it's. I've been to rodeos before. It's all very weird. It's yeah. a bit like in this country where people do things in blackface and they're like, it's not mm. racist, it's tradition. And you're like, well, well, it is tradition, but it's tradition that can be seen as a bit racist. Yeah, because so, it is. Uh, and, and this is uh, this cruelty. Is, but basically what they do is if they have a rodeo clown and the position of the rodeo um, is a bit like in Panto where you have right. the um, knockabout funny man. Yeah. Um, but more often than not, the rodeo clown is a dwarf. So he's in on the act, but part of the joke is he gets in the barrel and then he gets charged by a bull or a horse at one point. Oh, God. Yeah. But it is a profession. You're a professional rodeo clown. Sure. But yeah. it's, it's sort of the opposite of equal opportunities, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. How much does the average bank robbery make? According to the British Bankers Association, the average proceeds from a bank robbery in the UK are £20,331. That's, that's nothing. That's rubbish. And a third of robberies yield nothing at all. That's uh. so. On average, you're earning less than the national wage just by putting yourself in danger of being in prison for 10, 20 years, potentially? The average takings per person per successful raid are a modest £12,706.60, equivalent oh. to less than six months' average wage. Oh, if only they put their bank robbing skills to a more honest pursuit. Life of crime is not worth it. Yeah. There we were thinking they were in it for the money. Obviously, they're in it for the love. Yeah. On average, you get caught one in four. So by your fourth robbery, if you've done well... You've earned a year and a half salary, but then you get banged up for two years. So all in all, you'd be better getting a minimum wage job. Saving money when you're in prison. Living in luxury. (laughs) If I convert to Judaism, do I get a bar mitzvah? And is it worth it just so I can use Yiddish words without sounding like a schmuck? What very varied questions Laurie has put to us. Yeah, very much, yeah. I would have thought that the conversion ceremony would take the place of a bar mitzvah, wouldn't it? Well, the point of a bar mitzvah is that you are old enough, according to Jewish law to read from the Torah in the synagogue. At 13. So, at 13. Yep. So, obviously, if you're converting at, say, the age of 26, you're already 13 years older than you need to be. Mm-hmm. So you wouldn't need a ceremony to commemorate that because the ceremony is exactly that. It is ceremonial. So you wouldn't be commemorating anything. You're already of age. You can So once you've converted, you can read in the synagogue immediately because you're a man. But, that said, uh, a lot of people choose to have one 13 years after their conversion. Is that because uh, they just want all of the presents and money that you get for having a bar mitzvah? Yeah, 
basically. Right. I mean, they want to have a party. It's a fun thing to do. It's like people having uh, their wedding vows redone. It's not necessary, is it? Because your marriage is still legally valid. You just want a bit of attention and a party, don't you? But also, Laurie, if you want to convert to Orthodox Judaism, mm. which is the uh, the gold standard... Can you convert to that, though? Yes. I would have thought that most Orthodox Jews wouldn't count a convert as ever being a proper Jew. Uh, no, they do, um, but they make it very, very difficult for you to convert for the very reason that Orthodox Judaism doesn't seek to attract converts. My mum had to go to Israel, have some ridiculously protracted ceremony involving ceremonial baths. I don't think she learned any Hebrew or anything though. Well, I now... Think, I think just money was exchanged with the correct people and pieces of paper were signed. Well, I'm sure there's shortcuts. Uh, but under Orthodox Judaism, yes, you have to have, I think it's called a mikveh, which is where they yeah. dunk you in water. She didn't like um, it. You have to learn Hebrew. You have to take a test. Um, and then it has to be assessed by the Beth Din, which is the Jewish court. I wouldn't be surprised if mum somehow cheated on that test. Because <laughs> it doesn't sound like she would have put in a lot of study into Hebrew. But anyway, it's fine. If you want to be a Jew, you can just go and be a liberal Jew and marry okay. a Jew. That's easy. But then your children yep. aren't going to be allowed to be Orthodox Jews unless they then convert into Orthodox Jewry. Uh. So it depends how seriously you want to take it, really. Um, but if you do want to convert into Orthodox Jewry, you, I mean, this is the big test, Laurie. You have to be circumcised. So ah. that's going to be a pretty much a big test of your faith, I would suggest, uh, assuming you're, you're uncircumcised at the moment. Well, that's the thing. If you'd had a medical circumcision, then would you have to have a rabbi trim off a little bit more? Uh, not trim off a little bit more, no, but you have to draw blood symbolically, yeah. That's okay. easier. Uh, for an American who's already circumcised yeah. to convert is a little bit easier because basically you just get your brick, brick by brick. Oh. Um, and then you're done. Before you name your baby, have you bought their name.com? If you don't, their future digital brand will bomb. Or a spammy bastard will use their name to sell porn. Or some cheap off-brand Viagra. Every Squarespace account comes with a free URL. So until your child is old enough to rebel, you can run a website for them that will become their personal house. So it'll be worth every penny. LOL. We must extend a lot of gratitude for Squarespace for bankrolling this episode of Answer Me This. They are such uh, wonders for the independent podcaster. They really are, yeah. If we took the word gratitude and extended it to the extent by which we would like to extend it. You stretch from here to Saturn. Gratitudinous. Something like that. Gratitudinosity. But you should also be gratitudinositus towards Squarespace. (laughs) Because uh, if you want to use their service and get 10% off for a whole year, then just use the code ANSWER. And be on your way to having a lovely... Well designed website. Yeah. It's Ben and Malk from Dagenham. Helen and Ollie, answer me this. Why is the dollar sign an S with two lines for it? Surely, if anything, it should be a D and some sort of line. In fact, why do all currency symbols have lines for it? This is confusing me. Um I'm in a pub, in case you can't hear. If this is a question in a pub quiz, they're going to wait far too long for the answer before they can reply. And also, I strongly disagree with people using modern technology to cheat on pub quizzes. Yeah, me too. It's bad mm. Absolutely wrong. 4G in a pub quiz is the equivalent of walking into your GCSEs with all the answers written up your arm. And yet, harder to catch. Because people are on their phones all the time anyway. Yeah. They could be taking a photo. Yeah. Still wrong. Do you know the really terrible thing? Shazam. If you Shazam when they play a bit oh. of a song, what's this? I mean, you're that you're you're taking joy out of the world. Even if you win, 
you should feel that that victory is very hollow. That point you won, I hope that makes you sick. <laughs> I hope it's one of those mythical bad points that people always blame for the fact that they've got drunk and they've been sick afterwards. Anyway, currency with lines through it. Yes. I've not really ever thought about this, but I suppose as much as I have, I thought it was so that when you write it down with pen and paper, mm. it's to distinguish it from other units, other yeah. other uh, punctuation, other numbers, other letters. Yeah. Also, when using a printing device like an old printing press or a typewriter, mm-hmm. you could use a letter that you already had and put a line through it because uh, they had yeah. limited keys and things. It's literally an S with two lines through it. So, yeah. but, but what about the pound? That's not a letter, really, Well, it used it? to be an L with a line for it because oh, okay. it was from the French for libre. Yeah. Can I guess why it might be an S and not a D? For Dollars. Like, could it be something to do with it being based on a silver standard, like a silver dollar was the standard mm. unit of currency when, the, when there was coins? No, but oh. I like your thinking. Oh. Well done, Martin. I always thought it was because they they wrote US superimposed over each other like a monogram, and so the U oh. was two lines, and then that turned into one for ease is of clarity. Is that wrong, Helen? Because now you mention yeah. it, you've mentioned that to me before as if it was fact. That that is what I'd been led to believe. You told me it was fact. Well, I'd forgotten all about it, but I remember I was asking you one day, sort of haphazardly, and you were like, "Oh, everyone knows because it's, it's a U with an S through yeah, it." Yeah, well, everyone knows this false fact that I knew. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but apparently, it's actually because um, it evolved out of uh, Spanish. The abbreviation for pesos, which was a big P with a little S, like a superscript S. Mm. And then the S started getting written over the P. And then that evolved into the S with a line through it, which is a lot clearer to, to see. So it's actually not that far off your original idea, but just different words yeah. that they were writing over. They went for the Spanish currency rather than pounds as a bit of a fuck you to the invading They just, just fought a war over it. I think yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah. Do you find it weird when people are writing business emails and they'll say, I'll pay you whatever it is, $25, and then they'll put USD afterwards. Well, because Canadian it could be dollars, Canadian, yeah, could, could, be, be, could be Australian. But it's obviously not. I mean, you can usually guess by context, can't you? Or it's even worse when people put, I'll pay you 25 with a pound symbol, and then they put GBP. I mean, like, it's not going to be Eastern Caribbean pounds, is it? If it was, mm. that's when you'd stipulate. Okay, but the Thai baht has the same symbol as Bitcoin, Oh, that and is interesting. Values of those are very different. Very different, yeah. Yen and yuan, they both have the Y with a little dash through it. Mm. Gets complicated, Ollie. On the subject of money, here's this question from Scott, who says, Ollie, answer me this. What do webuyanycar.com do with the cars they buy? I quite like the idea they might just all belong to one, uh, one tycoon <laughs> who stores them. them yeah. <laughs> just because he can. Just because he loves to buy cars. Just any car. You know, it's like it's like uh, rich people who buy loads and loads of handbags or trainers that they never use. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just this want mad all the cars. Russian oligarch, you know, somehow was infiltrating the market with catchy radio yeah. jingles. Uh, getting anyone to flog over their old bangers. Yeah. It's sadly not as exciting as that. Are they building an even bigger version of Carhenge? They're recreating the whole of Vegas, but with old cars. Uh, it is unsurprisingly uh, far more pedestrian than that, if you'll pardon the pun when it comes to motoring. I will not. Um, the answer is mm-hmm. uh, they put them up for auction. So okay. essentially what they do is that when you type in your registration number, they give you a price which is under that Mm-hmm. that the minimum average expected price at an auction would be for that car. Mm-hmm. So they're taking a gamble that they can make more than that for you by putting it in auction. They're giving you less and then they take the profit. Okay. Um, which, 
you know, leads a lot of people online to say, oh, you shouldn't deal with these guys, they're cowboys. You know, if you went to an auction yourself and dropped your car off, you could definitely make more money than this because that's their whole business model. And it's like, yeah, but a lot of people don't want to do that. That's the whole yeah, point, isn't hassle. it? They're, and also they're daunted by it. They don't know how to do it. But then they don't necessarily know how much they're getting ripped off by. If it was like a smallish percentage, you'd think, okay, fine, that service fee. Like the 7% at Coinstar. Yeah. That, that's the fee you're paying for not logging it to the bank in town. But if you're getting like 70% less than otherwise you would have got, then that is a bit dodgy. I like, think it's somewhere in between the two, in honesty. Uh, it's not quite up to Wonga levels of ripoff, but I mean, it is, It is. you know, they're, they're making a substantial profit. But again, I, I, it's your fault if you're that naive. It's like but, those adverts for the the we buy any gold or whatever it is where yeah. you like put your gold things in an envelope and we'll send back the envelope full of cash yes yeah but you don't know what your gold would have been valued at a different place exactly yeah there's one for watches now as well uh like designer watches if you've got a rolex put it in an envelope and yeah, send it sure. off it's weird isn't it but people obviously just you know especially when someone's just died i guess you got all this stuff that you've inherited it's just quick mm. to, it's the quickest people just want a solution don't they? they don't want to be thinking about it for months i guess that's yeah. how they're cashing in, in a lot of these instances if you if you knew roughly that your car was worth ten grand, you wouldn't. You, I, I reckon you wouldn't put it on webuyanycar.com. Maybe you would. Maybe people are stupid enough that they do that. Like they'll put like a vintage Rolls Royce on this. Stupid or lazy? Yeah. I mean, I would be just too lazy really to research all the options. It took me two years to buy a new bin when our kitchen bin was broken, just because I didn't want to have to look at bins online and decide yeah, yeah. which was the best bin for us to have. No, and that's a big decision as well. Well, because you don't want to have to look at bins again, so you want one that's not going to break. But also, I mean, that's a functional item, but uh, we haven't still. We still haven't got a lampshade for the ceiling light that hangs down by our front door yeah. we've lived in the house now for nearly a year in, in, inside or outside inside mm-hmm. so it's the first thing you see when you come to your house is a naked light bulb right. it's incredibly unattractive but what it is is all the other lampshades we've bought for all the other rooms we've seen them in a place and we've thought oh that would be perfect yeah. for that room and that's really nice when you get one that you think is really nice and you've chosen but on the other hand I always just think why don't I just go to bloody home base spend £10 buy a temporary one because it's nice enough it. you won't replace it and that's it. the answer it's, I won't replace it so uh, yeah what do you do do you look at the naked light bulb for three years until inspiration starts? apparently so apparently so mm. I want someone who's like well, you know will sell any lampshade.com <laughs> well, <laughs> just give we'll, me one we'll, we'll sell the best lampshade.com yes. yeah what exactly that is what I want I want the lazy option you don't want to have to go through the searching period you just want the perfection to be attained exactly automatically yeah i'm an answer me this fan i listen with my nan she is not so keen she finds it too obscene i follow them on twitter though ashton kutcher's fitter i want to take things further just one step short of murder i want to look like ollie man i want to smell like Here's a question from someone who is 17 and anonymous, although probably not in real life. And they say, (laughs) after a long time single, my mum started seeing someone recently and it's all great and lovely for them, but there's a problem for me. Oh, is it her attention is diverted and you're jealous? (laughs) Every night when he comes round, they ultimately end up having sex oh people in new relationships the human impulse god damn it since we live in a small house it's really loud no since they're having sex loudly it's really loud yeah i think that's right do it it? quietly in a small house yeah definitely they explain my mum's and my bedrooms are next to each other so the top of my bed touches her wall they obviously try to mask the noise by putting her ipod on it's usually the point in the uh, story where someone says they're listening to us, doesn't it? <laughs> uh, but it doesn't do anything. It just ends up increasing the amount of noise. It is actually a different noise, though, isn't it? 
Yeah, but crucially, I would say it's the noise of doing it plus iPod. I, I guess, yeah, that's it. They're, if... they're listening to Zatem. <laughs> oh god, uh, I've tried listening to my iPod while in bed, but even on full volume, it's just not loud enough to cover the sounds of their furious lovemaking. God, not even with noise cancelling headphones. That is some banging. This is a problem, no <laughs> shit. As firstly, I have exams now, and when they finally finish around one or two a.m. I have that's uh, the bonking not the exams uh, I have to be up early the next morning to go to college and I need my sleep especially around exams because I'm extra stressed fair enough yeah. good good practical reasons yeah yeah I mean I'm glad that you're shedding light on the situation behind the problem but on the other hand this is now beginning to sound a bit like a letter to teacher I mean we don't care it's still your fuck up if you fail your exams isn't it at the end of the day get mm. some earplugs um, they continue secondly I'm afraid I'm going to become one of those adults in the future locked up for insanity or murder or some other freaky crime because I heard my mum fucking. (laughs) I've never heard that as a reason given in any serious murder. Mm. I once heard my mum have sex, therefore I went on a rampage. Repeatedly heard my mum have sex and it broke me. I have no intention of murdering anyone. Good Good to hear, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, but um, the murderers always seem to use the parent sex excuse, as Do I just they? said. Never heard that before. I think often I think you've just been rewatching the film Psycho. That's, yeah. that's the only situation <laughs> which that ever occurs. I think in reality, often they've suffered a head injury or they're in some way mentally ill. Mm. In Psycho, I mean, this isn't explored obviously partly because it's the sixties and partly because it's a last-minute twist. Um, but are we led to believe that he pretends to be Norma Bates quite a lot of the time? And if so, would that involve having sex? As with, with men yeah I don't know I wonder whether Bates Motel the prequel series will address this because there's quite a sexy relationship between the two of them yeah probably will won't it in some great detail uh, Helen answered me this how can I bring it up to my mum <laughs> <laughs> that is the natural reaction one would have <laughs> after hearing uh, that I would like them to stop having sex at a regular time because I want to sleep no believe me it's worse when it's irregular because you think oh it's fine tonight and then 3am yeah that is when it begins yeah I there's a story I'd love to tell, but I can't because they listen. Uh, <laughs> yeah, same here. It's not exactly something I can bring up over dinner. Well, maybe before dinner then. Just make dinner very awkward. I think it is something you could, like, email your mum about. I know that's prudish. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, they say, I'm not opposed to them having sex. That's Again, very good to know. Yeah, it's their choice, but I really need some sleep. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Well, you could say to your mum, I'm being kept awake by your noise, and you don't have to say that it's sex. You could pretend that it's the iPod. Yeah, but then they'll turn the iPod off and you'll just have the fox-like fucking again. Is it, is it out of the question to get earplugs or noise-cancelling headphones? Is it out of the question? I mean, I don't know if you have younger siblings. Is it out of oh. the question to suggest she goes to his place? I mean, you can mm. be trusted to be alone in the house at 17. Maybe there's a nice way to say that. Could you sleep on the sofa one night and when your mum comes down in the morning and goes, what are you sleeping on the sofa and on? Yeah. Uh, say, I'm really sorry, mum. This is incredibly awkward to tell you, but the walls are quite thin. And she'll know what you're talking about. Yes, yeah, she'll no, be as traumatised as you, probably. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. As uh, long-term listeners to the podcast will know, we used to have uh, neighbours on the other side of the wall where we're recording now who would go at it. Yeah, very... not, not up against the wall as far as we well, knew. I don't but know. they may as well have been. They were very ferocious yeah. and it was so frequent and, and animalistic. Real animal noises, right? You said to me, God, is that human? Yes, it was extraordinary. <laughs> uh, yeah. but, it made you feel inadequate. But after about three months it started becoming less frequent because that's the nature of new relationships well, phase a bit true, so you it? could wait it out i know you've got your exams now but you could wait it out and uh, then the argument started and that was what kept us awake instead 
that's more entertaining though in the case of neighbours whereas in the case of your yeah. mum you'd probably you'd probably yeah. take the lovemaking any day yeah the glorious sounds of the lovemaking or could you possibly move your bed to a different wall it's, it's a, a different small, country yeah. <laughs> it's a small thing but but it might just help a tiny bit or sleep at the other end of your bed well listeners if you've been in this situation where you've had to block your ears out from hearing <laughs> your parent or parents it. having uh, rampant sex through the night relive all of that horror <laughs> tell us all about it in uh, grim detail <laughs> and the contact details of how you can send us an email and so on on our website answermethispodcast.com where you can also find links to our various other projects and by the way if you are yeah. up all night and you need a diversionary tactic <laughs> do remember Ollie Man through the night 1 till 4am LBC but if Anon starts blasting that out of the speakers in order to drown out the noise of mum mum mm. might start getting aroused by just the sound of your voice i was gonna say well it'll be it's quicker though won't done. it mum will be brought to powerful orgasm immediately i've had a quite an innocent life i think parent sex wise but mm. i am repelled by the sound of my mum eating peaches and uh, <laughs> so if anyone's got any advice for me to block that out does she sometimes do that down the phone as well i don't think she would eat on the phone right oh okay she's not. from that generation absolutely yes yeah, so that's okay. proper phone etiquette excellent it's like um she always punctuates emails very breathlessly because she's from the generation we had to pay more for punctuation on a telegram <laughs> we will see you in a couple in, of weeks yeah we'll see you in a couple of weeks for episode 292 bye, bye.